crone takes a seat at the bar. It's late at night. He doesn't care that he's the only customer. The bartender is already cleaning the glasses, but moves to crone and looks at him. Nothing new for him to see a broken man sitting at his bar. With his head down low, Crone taps his fingers on the counter, looking at all the bottles. What can I get for you? What? You look like a whiskey man. Uh, okay. And that's what he gets. Lately, he has been discovering the city bars. Always a new one. He remembers the first night he couldn't sleep and got out and went to a bar around the corner. Two hours later, he was drunk and fell into bed and slept. The next time he was lying awake in bed, he thought it shouldn't become a habit. But he went again. Today, he tells himself it's just a phase. He will get out of it as soon as the problems at work are solved. If those damn colleagues wouldn't be so annoying, he can't stand being around them anymore. And he spars a catastrophe. He shakes his head. The bartender has been observing him. Crone looks at him. I'm your only customer. Why are you always polishing a glass? Trick of the trade. Makes people nervous when a bartender just stands there. So lay some bartender wisdom on me. I'm lost in space here. You're not where you want to be. You feel like you're supposed to be somewhere else. <laughs> you said it. Well, say you could snap your fingers and be wherever you wanted to be. I bet you'd still feel this way, not in the right place. The point is you can't get so hung up on where you'd rather be that you forget how to make the most of where you are. What are you telling me? Take a break from worrying about what you can't control. Live a little. Yeah, right. Live a little. He puts the money on the counter, empties the glass with one gulp and leaves without a word. Typical backseat driver, this bartender crone things to himself. He's in no mood to hear another wise advice. So what now? He stands on the street. It's always busy, even at night. He starts walking down the streets, pondering about life. He sees a couple laughing, happy. Well, good for them. That's not really what he experiences in his life. But how can he? with a crap job like he has. But what could he do? Nothing. It's not that easy to find another job. And if those damn colleagues would just listen. Since about a year now, he's starting to have chronic pains, feeling depressed, all because of his bloody job. Suddenly he stands in front of an old cinema. About three people are standing in front of the cash desk. He looks at the poster showing the Tonight movie, Demolition. Never heard about this movie before, but yeah, why not? Demolition matches his state. It's the 3 a.m. show. He didn't know that this exists. He looks at the others. He wonders if they are also having sleeping problems. One guy fixes him with his gaze. He pays the ticket, enters this shabby old cinema and takes a seat in the back row. Little did he know that this evening would change his future. 
My dear listeners out there, welcome to another episode with me, Anna Yelen, the time expert. Someone who wouldn't stay for too long in an unhappy job situation. Why? Because I'm the time expert, where time is precious. And having the feeling of wasting my time is an inner death for me. That's why I made a deal with myself concerning an unhappy job situation. I remember I was in the beginnings of my 20s, sitting in the office where I worked, and I wrote down on a paper three months. Three months to try to turn back the wheel, to make the situation right. If I couldn't influence my lousy situation, I would have to quit after three months of being unhappy in my job. That was the deal. And the day came where I declared my job situation as non-satisfying anymore. Did I quit after three months? Well, I'll tell you in a bit. Now, I'll take you back to the shabby old cinema where Crone is watching the movie Demolition. And of course, Ares. But you haven't met him yet. She was quiet. But for some reason, I wanted to tell her things. I found myself mapping her face as I talked. Somehow she got me talking about my wife. The movie's over. Crone rests in his seat. His thoughts are spinning around in his head. He hadn't expected this. There were so many aspects in this movie, he just couldn't figure out what it all meant. But there was something. Suddenly... Another guy sits down next to him. Did you like the movie? Crone startles, looks at the guy, murmurs some incomprehensible words and gets up and starts walking toward the exit. Did you like the movie? The guy asks again. Crone stops. It was all right. The guy nods. Crone is starting getting a bit annoyed by this guy following him. What does he want from him anyway? It's time to go home. He walks away and leaves the man standing behind. Back with the thoughts in the movie, still wondering what it is that struck him, a taxi pulls over. He gets in. Take me to Hill Road. And they start driving. The driver fumbles around with the radio. Crone has never heard this song before in his life until this evening. He remembers the scene in the movie, Demolition. He looks at the rear view mirror and meets the eyes of the taxi driver. Did you like the movie? Oh man, it's the guy again. Has he followed him? Who are you? Crone asks. I'm Ares. Crone looks at the taxi driver batch. He was wrong thinking he could get rid of the guy. So he gave up. So Ares, how about you? Did you like the movie? Well, he goes, when I watched it the first time, I thought it was only about loss. But then when I watched it again, I understood that it is also about self-expression. 
And then when I watched it for the third time, I also understood that most of the people are stuck in a giant wheel of hamster without even realizing it. So I asked myself, am I in it? And the answer was yes. And I ask you, are you in the big nasty wheel of the hamster? He fixes Crone, watches him looking outside at the flickering lights of the city passing by. So what did you do when you realized that you were captured in the wheel of the hamster? I quit my job and I became a taxi driver. Oh, and now you're out of the hamster wheel or what? Maybe not, I don't know. But I feel better. It's all that matters. In the first moment, you wouldn't think that two guys like Crone and Ares become friends because they are two of a different kind. But sometimes life brings us together to learn from each other. And that is what happened with those two guys. Two characters collide with each other. On the one hand, you have Crone, chronically unhappy and exhausted, but doing nothing about it, blaming others all the time, drifts away in his misery and is letting the precious time just pass without even blinking. And then you have Ares, a guy who appears in your life when the time is right. You never know when he arrives. Sometimes he shows up for a moment and as quick as he came, he's also gone again. Aeros doesn't fear risks, even though he might be mistaken. But he rates everything as an experience. They couldn't be more different and still, Aeros is never too far away from Crone and with time, Crone can feel the impact Aeros has on him. They spend hours walking around in the city talking. But most of the time they spend it in the taxi, listening to music, driving around and talking about life. One day, Crone is on the way to their meeting point, but today is different. He notices a growing sense of curiosity. This observation flashes Crone. And this, my dear listeners, if this ever happens to you, that you suddenly start noticing the increasing sense of curiosity. That is when your life will change. Crone starts to see things he has never noticed before. He starts to see life. And it's full of life. He walks down the road and it's everywhere. A fire hydrant leaking, a kid is running, a homeless guy is sitting and shivering, a woman looks him directly in his eyes, smiling. The first raindrop falling from the sky. The smoke is coming out from the chimney. He sees it all. Crone can't wait to tell Ares about this newest insight. But Ares doesn't show up. And not the day after. About a year later, Crone hands his boss the letter of dismissal. With a smile on his face, he walks out of the office. Half an hour later, he enters a bar. He places himself at the bar counter and starts talking. <laughs> 
A little bit more than a year ago, you told me that I'm not where I wanted to be and that I forget of making the most out of it and to take a break from the worries I couldn't control. And you said, live a little. I thought you were an arrogant know-it-all dick. At this moment, I was just chronically miserable and I thought it was the fault of others. You have to understand that in my situation, I didn't even think that there could be places I'd rather be. I never felt like that. Did I realize that I was stuck in the same procedure every day, stuck in a monotone life? No, I didn't feel anything. I was numb. And that night, when I was here, I got to know Ares. He became my only and best friend. But as was unexpected, he appeared in my life, he also disappeared mysteriously. He couldn't stand it when I sat in his taxi complaining about my job. Stop complaining, these bad emotions will eat you up from the inside. Do something, change something. In the beginning I didn't, but Ares was all about the proper time for action. He believed that it was always the right time to take action, but that it was crucial to know what for. Was it the right time for me to quit my job? No. But it was the right time for me to become a nicer colleague. That was when I started to read books about teamwork and communication. I thought I could still turn it around. But too much had happened at the job. The wounds were too deep. Was it the right time to quit my job? No, still not, because I was too afraid. But it was the right time to start reading every job advertisement which existed. Was it the right time to find a woman? No, because I was focusing on myself to become a better version of myself. One day, I felt different. I remember I got out of the apartment when I felt this growing sense of curiosity. I felt this deep state of euphoria. I couldn't wait to tell Ares. But that was the day he didn't show up. For days I was angry and sad. And for another week I went to the pub every night and drank myself into a coma. How could he leave me alone, fucking bastard? But I had changed. The moment I was sober, I knew that the opportune moment was here. It was the right moment. I felt it deeply. I wasn't fearless. But I knew it was the right moment to take responsibility and to do everyone a favor and to quit my job. And that was two hours ago. My boss asked me, and what are you going to do now? Do you know what I answered? The bartender shook his head. I said, I'm going to live a little. My dear listener, are you more like Crone or like Ares? Let me tell you a bit more about the two different characters in this story, because they are based on Kronos and Kairos. These are ancient Greek words and they both represent time. The best way to differentiate between Kronos and Kairos is to see time as either a flowing river which carries us away, Kronos, or a quiet lake which we swim in, 
Kairos. We all experience time as both, all the time, in whatever we do. In Kronos, we are stressed. In Kairos, we are refreshed. And Kronos measures time in seconds, minutes, hours, days, years, etc. And this is the word which measures quantity of time. Kairos measures time in the best moments of life. It measures the quality of time. It does not measure minutes, but it measures moments. The most beautiful, right, magical and opportune moments. Where are you living in? In the quantity of time or in the quality of time? Look at Eros. He lives the moment. It's a risky game, we agree. Suddenly he's just there and suddenly he's just gone. But he lives the moment. And as I explained, we live both. Kronos, the flowing river where we are driven, and Kairos, the lake we swim in. But please, my dear, don't forget Kairos, or Eros if you instead think of him as a person. If you are in an unhappy job situation, think of him, Eros. Are you swimming in the lake and enjoying it as he does? Or are you floating in the river without control? Or are you already drowning? Be aware of the moments. If you are in an unhappy job situation, before quitting, start to create moments. Make a colleague smile. Pay your boss a drink. Take the one who earns the least out for dinner. It's not all about your job. It's about the people you are around with. Be aware that you can control so much more than you think. Remember I was always called the little rebel because I always questioned the things, didn't accept the decisions which were made at work. And you can do this as well if you want to. It's your decision. If you want a little reminder, go and listen to the episode called Create Your Own Rules. My dear listener out there, are you happy in your current job situation? I mean, We all know that we spend a lot of time at work and that's why I believe that you should have a personal criteria to rate your job. Find out what it is. For me, it was and still is very simple. Criteria number one. Can I implement or at least try to implement my ideas at work? Criteria number two. If I can't contribute to a good working climate anymore and my energy is disappearing in thin air, I might consider changing department or job. Criteria number three, is my job making me sick or making me feel good? I don't think one should quit the job too soon because we shouldn't underestimate how much you can contribute to make your job position a better place. And we shall remember that not everybody can just quit their job. In some countries or circumstances, it's not that easy. But, 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 it's always possible. Only the consequences are different. Maybe today is the right time to ask yourself if you are living a little, or if your job is taking all your energy, Are you happy with your job? Can you change things to the better? And if yes, are you doing it? 
and how could the alternatives be? We arrive at the end and there is one last question open. Did I follow my rules to quit my job after three months of unhappiness? No. Because I tried to keep it up. I tried to turn the wheel around. But in the end, after more than six months, I understood I was captured in limits. And I wanted to realize my ideas. So that's when I quit my job. Did I know that it wouldn't be easier afterwards with being independent? No, but I didn't care. I had a little bit of errors in myself and just followed my instinct of totally and fully live my time. Do I regret it? With all the ups and downs? No, not one second. My dear listener, wherever you are, be wild and nice and take care of yourself. And please, whatever it means for you, live a little. Bye-bye. And by the way, if there is anything you can do to support this podcast, I would ask you to share this podcast with just one person in your family, friends or business network. Just one person. Maybe... It's not this episode, but another one. And like this, together, we will have an impact on another person. And perhaps this person is going to look at time and life more differently and positively afterwards. And that, that is like a huge thing. So I would appreciate that a lot. Thank you. And again, bye-bye. And the last thing. If you're going to watch the movie Demolition... Tell me how you liked it, okay? Okay, that's it. Bye.